Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order and free shipping. All right, we've got a special episode today, don't we, Henny? Yes, we do. Thank you for the assist. Valley <laughs> <laughs> you throw it up. Yeah, there we go. Hey. Um, Bridget. You get <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. All right, now we've got a very special episode. Um, before we get started, what have we been up to, guys? Tom, bro, you start. You've been fucking traveling the globe. You're a jet setter. <laughs> Tom, bro, seven four seven. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'd consider cans <laughs> jet setters. It would have been would have been cooler to mm. land on the sun than to spend a few days in cans. Yeah, we we headed up uh, last week to build the cans gym. Uh, which was pretty much laying all the flooring and, and building all the equipment. So that's all done. Uh, still a lot of renovations to do up there before the gym's actually functional and open. So that'll be coming uh, to you in early 2023. If you're in Cairns, just keep an eye out on the social medias. You will you will see it happen. That's been my life for the last week. How exciting. Congratulations, yeah. brother. What's that Thank gym you. number? Five. Nice. Five. It should be number six, but we're having a hard time finding a location uh, for for what was number five that will be number six. As in, like, we've got the gym ready to go. We're just fi- having a hard time finding a unit for it. But it'll come. Just, like, quickly before we uh, go around the circle, y- what you need to do at that Cairns gym, though, <laughs> you got a million-dollar gym with a two-dollar door. <laughs> <laughs> that's well. That's the back door. That's oh, okay. the back door. The one that you're I was talking about. Like, what the about. fuck is that door for? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the front door is more like a, a nice retail door. That just looks like your your screen door on the, on the yeah. back, backyard. That's what that is. I was like, beauty. The gym's in a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, there's still a lot of renovations to go there. It's a, it's a very old building and it's uh, pretty pretty scummy in there. So um, Wes and Brooke and the crew up there are doing a great job of cleaning it up. What about you guys? What have we been up to? I got the Christmas cup on Saturday. Nice. Mm. Let's go. Competing and working, nice. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nice, excited. Nice. nice. What it's are you going to lift? Good. What are your openers? Uh, my openers, my squat is 110. Mm-hmm. 110. My bench is 47.5 and my deadlift is 115. Okay. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. I'm hoping to hit some PBs, nice. but this one's just for fun. So whatever happens, happens. Oh, laying the yeah. foundation. Hey. Oh, <laughs> if I don't PB, yeah, we get it, it. It wasn't the day that I wanted. Wait for the Instagram post. Look, the plan was always just to come and have fun. And even though I didn't hit the numbers I wanted, I still had fun. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit of it. Exactly. Mission accomplished. That's the best. CJ, what have you been up to? Um, What have I been up to? I have, I mean, I guess, <laughs> what have we been doing? Can I say... Yeah, yes, yeah. I can. It's been announced. So we've yeah. been filming the nutrition course. Um, nice. It's been really fun filming with Rochelle. <laughs> Rochelle's amazing. <laughs> fun, fun or funny? Hilarious. <laughs> I look forward to those days. So, um, yeah, that's been fun for me at least. She dreads them. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like I guess since the last been on, uh, we, you know, just finished World. So um, it was cool to see all the lifters that, you know, I connected with at Worlds, like starting posting all my stuff and seeing some of my stuff get printed mm. at some people's gyms. That was really cool to see. Yeah. You killed it, brother. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, that's been it for me. Nice. Mm, nice. What about you, Run Foo Henny? Well, look, I identify as a powerlifter now. Uh, <laughs> a hybrid athlete. Yeah. No, no, what have I been up to? Not much. Just same, plodding along, training, running, lifting, just same old. I've actually got a big weekend coming up. The two up. Yeah, the, the two trot. up. Full trot. What yeah. do you got? I've got a bench only competition on Saturday and a 25K race on Sunday. Nice. Damn. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, a lot of people are disappointed that it's bench only, but- it is what it is. I don't see them I'm, running 25 yeah, A lot of people can't run from the front door to the fridge. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people could, should keep their mouths shut. <laughs> to the fridge. No, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for bench. Um, I probably started benching maybe six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so everyone who knows me, my bench doesn't get worse, but it doesn't get better. <laughs> so it's always around the same. So I'm going to open on the same I did. At all of my comps. <laughs> in, two, in 2009. <laughs> so I did my first bench only comp. I did, that's how I got introduced to powerlifting. Yes. Uh, 2018. In the moon Or 2017. Boot. In the moon boot. I opened at 125. So I'll be opening at 125 again. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, i got a race on Sunday. That's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to fucking leave a piece of my soul out there that's for great. that. And then after that, I'm going to get back into some more serious strength training. Uh you know, with SBD stuff. So I'm excited. Very nice. cool. What, what are you hoping to do the 25 in? I want to go 435 per K. Nice. So if I can go anywhere between 435 and 440 per K, that means I'll be sub 156. What was your per K score or or like your per K at the half marathon? 454. Oh. Yeah. So longer and quicker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've um I've really got the, the newbie gains. Yeah. Like they've come pretty, they've come pretty hard, which is cool. Nice. nice. Mm. Cool. Oh, that's exciting, man! I hope you do really well. Thank you, bro. Are you going to wear your seven hundred dollars shirt? Oh yeah, no. I've, I've got a. We've got a matching uniforms to wear, uh, okay. so it'll be cool. No, I'm excited. Yeah, I thought it was like the the Kathy the Kathy Freeman uh, moon suit <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when they got the when Torpedo wore those secret pants. You know? Oh yes. man, nah, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what are we grateful for, Bridget? What are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for all the different ways in which we can stay fit. So the amount of sports that are out there that we can try, and there's something out there for everyone. And I think we should try as many things as possible. Oh, tell them what you're doing. I am taking boxing lessons yes. after comp. Let's go. <laughs> yes, We're gonna. I can't wait. Let's organize a fight. Yeah. CJ was <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I thought CJ was either going to love it or he was going to crack I, up laughing. No, I love it. <laughs> She's punched me in the face before. You. <laughs> By accident. You probably deserved it. not you, an accident. No, you went down because you were laughing. It was meant to like connect with your chest. So she was throwing a face. punch at me. She was throwing a punch. Regardless, there's violence in uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sensing an HR meeting coming up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's but awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. So I can't wait. very cool. Yeah. Yep. Keeping that under wraps. <laughs> I can teach you how to wrap your hands. Yeah, please do. I need some tips. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so I can teach you how to wrap your wrists. <laughs> <laughs> and knees. And knees. Uh, James, what are you grateful for? Uh, I am grateful for this. I know we say it every week, but I actually am really grateful for this. 10 years of zero is fucking nuts. And I can't believe I've kind of been here for half of it. So I'm like, fuck. The growth I've seen in five years and when I look at all those photos that you post, I know you're going to get deep dive into this later, but um, I just can't believe it. Mm. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Very crazy. Amazing. CJ. Yeah, same. Um, now that uh, 
And I think I said this last time I was on, like, I'm very grateful for this. And uh, for you guys, I'm very grateful for the coaching, the guidance and um, and all that. I think I, remember I was saying that um, I remember looking back um, and talking to some of my mates and seeing them train and, and how far I've come. And I've gone, like, there's no way I could have done that. Like, seeing the numbers that I do now and how much I love training and how, I guess, good I am at it. Like, me... Two and a half years ago at EMF, that that guy was never going to bench a hundred, like mm. ever. You know what I mean? So like, I'm very grateful for that and how much I love lifting and really like this is like a non-negotiable for me now. 100. It's like a big part of who I am, so I'm very grateful for it. Nice, That's amazing. Nice, I'm nice, grateful nice. for you, CJ. Yeah, thanks, Pete. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I am grateful for Audible. Um, I can't really read, and I don't really read, uh, but I consume a lot of uh, audio books. And uh, it's been a big part of my growth and development um, in business and in life in general. Like I've, I, I read uh, not business books as well or listen to not business books. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, even five years ago, ease of access to audio books wasn't really a thing. Uh, so just being able to consume that, that information in a different way and in, in, in a way that I can actually connect with has, has been really pivotal for me. So I'm grateful for audio books. Like, I mean, this whole podcast episode is going to be my grateful, yeah. you know, so that's why I'm going a little bit different. No, I like that. That's Do you awesome. have a favorite book? Do I have a favorite yeah. book? Fiction and nonfiction, uh, one of each. I, I would probably say that my favorite book, nonfiction, has been Sapiens. Yeah. And like, I don't know if, it's, if favorite is even the right word, but definitely the most pivotal book in my life. Um, I read it at a at a really interesting time in my life and it, and it had an impact on me that has kind of reverberated through me for since I read it, which was in 2018. Um, and I've read it since then. I say read, I'm going to keep saying read when I say read, I mean, listen to, um, I've read it, I don't know, four or five times. Amazing. Yeah. On that CJ, what's your favorite book? I'm like Thomas. I don't really read. Mm. <laughs> Audible. Yeah, no, I, I don't, to be honest. Yeah, like, um, um, besides, like, my faith, like, I read the Bible, but I don't really read, like, just anything. Yeah, I'm not a reader. Gitch? Um, everyone's probably going to laugh at me, but The Lord of the Rings, I've read it about four times. I read it for the first time when I was nine and didn't really understand most of what was in it and then read it again as an adult, and I just, yeah, I can't stop reading it. So I love it. You said to me nonfiction or and fiction before. I only said nonfiction. Yeah, fiction would be Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings. It's just unbelievable. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. What are your thoughts then on Tom Bombadil not being in the movie? He should have been in it. Mm. He should have been in it. But I don't know how they would have portrayed a character like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough one. It is. Mm. Who's okay. Tom Bombaclut? <laughs> <laughs> Completely butcher the name. <laughs> <laughs> what does that word mean? It's like a Jamaican slang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We should probably check what it means just in case it's like a racial slur. Oh. No, nah, it's not a racial okay, slur. Okay, it's not a racial slur. We should probably check. Just in case uh. we're not allowed to say it. We need to fact check that. Jeez. That's so good. Um. All right. What What's your favourite book? Yeah. You're, oh. not, you're not escaping that easy. Yeah. My favourite book is, it's a book that changed my life. It's called How to Do the Work. By Dr. Nicole Lapera. Nice. She's a holistic psychologist. And yeah, it's just awesome. I'll cry if I talk about it. So I nice. can't. Um, right. How to do the work. Yeah. 
You heard it here first. You probably didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Grateful's done quotes. Who's got a quote? Oh. CJ, come. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing, I don't want to spoil I've what got we filmed. Um, but. Yeah, no, say it. Say, say it. Say it. Yeah. So more is caught than taught. And Ooh. so something uh, like at church when we, uh, that's like the biggest thing we like kind of press into people who lead is that lead from the front, lead by example. Um, people catch what you do more than what you tell them. It's, you know, don't be from the back bossing, lead from the front. I love that. Mm. That's good. Um, my one this week is a Marcus Aurelius quote that I'm going to butcher the actual quote, but it's something along the lines of the best revenge is to not be the same as your enemy. Oh, that's good. That's good. And even though I don't want revenge on anyone and I don't, <laughs> don't really have any enemies, you know, you can take that sort of concept and sort of apply it to anything. Anyone who wrongs you or hurts you, causes you pain, you know, it can be easy to re- retaliate with fighting fire with mm-hmm. fire. And the best thing is to, not stoop to their level a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I needed that. I've been uh, falling down that trap lately, getting very angry, aggressive. Not really, but yeah, I'm like, fuck, just got to do this. What about you, Bridget? Um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something along the lines of, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing, like misery loves company. I think happiness loves company. Mm. Positive vibes all around. It's infectious. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Um, mine's one for a little bit of mindset for this weekend. Uh, hurting hurts more when you lose. Uh, hurting hurts when you lose, but hurting never hurts when you're winning. Mm-hmm. So that's my mindset going into this weekend. I love that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to win anything. Just <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, so you, you, <laughs> let, me, let me get this straight. <laughs> you're going to win the 25k. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I've got a goal, and I know if I, I know if I don't hit that goal. Uh, it's not the end of the world, but it's going to hurt more if I don't. And if I'm fucking dying, get my heart rate above 200, by the end of the race and hurt my goal, it's like, fuck, yeah, that hurts. But it doesn't hurt that much because I fucking won. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, love mm. that. That's it's going to take the ribbon. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take the ribbon. <laughs> no, 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 I get it. Winning comes in many shapes and forms. Mm. That's right. That's it. Um, so we've got a really special podcast today. We've got uh, the big boss dog, Tom Bro. We... We're celebrating 10 years of zero. Yes. Amazing. Congratulations, brother. That's fucking unreal. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like those sitcom episodes. That's actually just like, they couldn't be bothered making an episode. So they, <laughs> they just go through the highlights of all the episodes so far. That's basically this podcast. Oh, that's so good. Love it. Oh, what? Well, let's, you can start, Thomas. Yeah, no, let's, let's start with humble beginnings. Basically, like I didn't give these guys an agenda, so they're a bit lost, but feel free to ask questions at any mm-hmm. stage because that'll help me sort of flesh out my memories around all this stuff, but I just pretty much wanted to talk through the history of zero. Cause a lot of people have come into our world now, you know, become zero heroes in the last two years or so, um, or know of zero as zero, not as PTC Gold Coast, not as the past. And so I guess for anyone who's, you know, in our tribe, in our clan, in our family now, I want to give you the backstory of, of how we've gotten to where we've gotten. Because, you know, now uh, every year I post the photos of where we used to be and sometimes videos come up that get shared of like the old the old gyms. Um, but a lot of people just see zero as like this established gym uh, or established set of gyms or, or a company or set of companies. Um, and it wasn't always that way. 
So I guess I want to give a, a little bit of a, a backstory. So Tommy actually, uh, Tom Hardy in my, in my Q&A thing, he sort of asked where it all began and, and where I trained before I had the gym. And so to, to sort of step back into where Zero was born from or where PTC Gold Coast, I'm just going to keep calling it Zero even though it was PTC Gold Coast just to make it easier. Uh, to see to see where it was all born from, I was always training in, in commercial gyms. I trained in a, a gym called Lifestyle. Um, it's a chain of gyms around Springwood, uh, around the Logan area. And I was in the Springwood one to begin with when I was like 16. And then I eventually moved to the, uh, the Logan Central one when I lived in the hood. Um, and I was training there and uh, I was getting into powerlifting and I had, uh, you know, internet friends who were into powerlifting. This is like 2010, 11. Uh, and I had a friend who lived out on a farm and, and, and basically went through a, a split up and he had all this cool powerlifting stuff and I bought it all off him and I put it in a garage. Uh, so I wanted to start training by myself in, in you know, my garage with, at, at my dad's house because leading into 2012 nationals, someone had walked into the bar while I was doing my opener and I tore my adductor. So like a, the, the, the dumbbell rack was right next to the squat rack and I was squatting 220 and someone went to put a dumbbell back and just accidentally shouldered the bar so it spun i still stood up with it but it spun and put all the weight on one leg and and, and tore my adductor so i was like if i'm going to be serious I, I need to you know be in a serious environment and it was getting harder and harder to do that as the commercial gym was growing and i'd just gotten i just finished uni and that was the first year of having a real job um you know working as a community nutritionist with the government so i had some money i bought this stuff i put it in my dad's house uh, and basically after doing two years of work uh, in the government, the government changed and they were going to get rid of all the preventative health stuff. So all the, all the nutritionists were going to go. Um, funny story actually, cause I was up in Cairns on the weekend. They m mentioned Innisfail and I forgot about this. So I got offered a job in Roma, which is like wherever nine hours West mm. or something in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a mining boom. So the real estate was super expensive. It was a great paying job, but most of my money would have gone to just rent out there. And it was in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I wanted this job in Innisfail, which is like way up north in like tropical North Queensland. And it was much higher paying and I applied for it. And if I got it, I would have taken it and I would have never opened the gym. Uh, I didn't want the, the, the position in Roma. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write out my current contract. And then I was just, uh, I was married back then. I was walking through a park with my wife and I'm just like, I'm going to open a gym. That's what I'm going to do instead of, and instead of, you know, looking for another health job because there were none because everyone was getting fired. Uh, so, you know, people ask a lot, like, what hurdles did you overcome in opening the first gym? What was the thought process? And what did you do in opening the gym? I walked through a park and I said, I'm going <laughs> to open a gym. And then I opened one. Like, Isn't that's, it funny how you're one decision away from a completely different life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so wild to look back. And, you know, it's a, it's a useless thought experiment. To, but to be like, would I would I've met you guys? Mm -hmm. You know, would I even still be doing this? Would I still live here? Would I've gone back to New Zealand, or would it, like what would what would life be like if if you didn't make this one decision? And really, every decision you make in your life every day is kind of like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what what do I look like in an alternative universe? Mm. Not making that decision. A multiverse theory. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, honestly, I, I said I was going to open a gym. Um, I had that stuff in my garage. I had very limited money. Um, so I, I was on a good income at, at the time uh, and my ex-wife, she had a, a whole bunch of savings and so she gave me a bunch of money. Um, I was making good money, but as soon as I opened the gym, I had to go back to driving a forklift. So that's what I did. So the gym opened with those photos that I posted the other day, you know, like just a couple of power racks, 
um, the, the equipment that I had at home, you know, power rack, a whole bunch of plates. Uh, I bought a GHR. I had 16 mats. Uh, that was the, fl- the entire flooring. Uh, my brother was working at a steel manufacturer at the time, so we we stole some time off them and uh, you know some scrap metal and made a weight tree, uh, chalk bowl, the dip bars, um, the deadlift jack, all of that stuff you'd be familiar with because mm. it lived in the gym up until just recently. Like that deadlift jack out the back, that's mm-hmm. OG. That's we made that. What else is OG here? What's from the first gym? Yeah. Oh, in this gym. The kettlebells, mm-hmm. but that was a couple of months after I opened. Yeah. The monolift, the older one. Yeah. Same thing. That was in the gym a couple of months after I opened. Um, the One of the Alico bars, same thing, a couple of months after I opened. From actually inception, the, the, the actual opening of the gym, just that old deadlift jack. Wow. The cast iron plates. The cast iron plates on the leg yeah. press. They're, yeah. they're, they're pre-gym. They're, they were what I wow. had at home. Uh, that's about it, honestly. Yeah, oh, wow. there's a Texas barbell, but that lives at Southside. Yeah. Um, so just a Texas power bar was was the only good bar I had. Otherwise, I had these just cheap, nasty ones. Um, so yeah, like I opened the gym with that Texas barbell, one cheap barbell, and then I borrowed three or four off of, off of Scott Wasson, who owned PTC Brisbane at the time. And how do you start promoting it? How do you get members? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> d- before you can... Yeah, before, that's another question that was on the Q&A, right? People are saying like... Um, how many members did you have when you opened? How many members did you have at year one or whatever? We just calculated before. At 12 months, I had 12 members. Yeah, well. At two years, I had 18 members. And at two years was when I hit break even because the, uh, you know, 18 members, 20 bucks a week was the original membership price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, do the math on that. Um, plus, you know, technique sessions here and there. And other, I was selling protein at the time and selling shirts and selling some other stuff, running comps. Um but yeah, how did I promote it? There wasn't Facebook. Oh, sorry. There was Facebook. Facebook existed. Instagram existed. People weren't really using it for business as much. So mainly just forums. It's like OzBB Oz forums. I was promoting it there. And word of mouth. Yeah, wow. Which but is why it didn't grow. Yeah. That's crazy. Can you still remember, I, when I think back to those times, like there's people who who were, are there still any current members from the first location, Narang? There are. Yeah, there's, there's, there's still people. So... I would be remiss right now if I did not mention Josiah Malouf. Mm-hmm. If he's not currently training here, his his membership sort of ended a, a year or so ago, a couple of years ago through lockdown. He's he sort of changed his um, his sporting endeavors. He does a lot of mountain biking now. Um, he was doing boxing for ages as well. Uh, but Josiah Malouf. So he actually, I met him. Um, this is long winded, but my ex wife went to school with. Uh, her brother was in the same grade as Josiah and she knew that this Josiah guy was a powerlifter. And she was like, you should contact this guy. He does powerlifting and he doesn't live far away. So I did. I did. I just randomly messaged him. I met him at GPC Nationals 2012. Um, he was nervous as fuck. So it was the most awkward conversation ever. Just like, hi, my ex-wife, oh, my wife knows you. Um, we should do something together. And he was just, you know what Josiah's like, especially at competitions, he was freaking out. It was like his first first proper competition as well. Um, anyway, I got in contact with this guy. He came over and trained and this is when I learned who Josiah was <laughs> because we're meant to train. I trained from five to six. Like I used to train super fast. I used to train like Josh Dekut. Mm-hmm. Um I used to train super fast, meet at five. I didn't live at my dad's house anymore. I, I lived in Woodridge. So 
meet at, my stuff was still there. Meet at five, finish at six, go home, have dinner, go to bed. He shows up at like six. He wasn't even warmed up till like seven. My dad's getting pissed off because we're making noise. I'm getting pissed off because I want to go home. That's just, <laughs> just how, late, hangs around for a long time, uh, but love him, love him to death. But just Josiah, you know, committed to being a member of my gym before it opened. Um, so he's counted as the first member in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was pivotal in, in bringing so many of those original 12, 18 members and, and, and continued to do so for years after that. He brought so many people to this gym. He introduced me to powerlifting. He introduced fucking everyone to mm. powerlifting. Yeah. I also want to mention Josiah. Uh, I forgot to message Josiah for the 10 year anniversary video, but he was like, he's one of the first people that come to mind when anyone thinks powerlifting and PTC and zero. So yeah, my bad Josiah. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So he brought a lot of the OG members in. He brought junior. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys know junior. He comes here every now and then. Um, so he's still kicking around, but in terms of how many members are still from that first location in Narang, um, Lloyd Betzel. Um, Love Lloyd. Lloyd's been on and off for years. You know, he's he's had lots of changes in his life as he's gone through university, he got a job, moved away, moved back. Um, and uh, Lloyd brought Evan Pennell. And so oh, Evan, Evan's the goat. Evan Pennell is officially the longest serving member wow. of this gym. Thanks for taking the bins out this morning too, Evan. Did he take the? Did you get yeah. him to take the yeah. bins out? Oh, that, that's so. That's so classic, Evan. Because mm. so many people here will hear Evan be like, "Who's Evan? I don't know Evan." He's here at like four in the morning. That's, right? that's the king. Yeah. He's he has done so much for this gym. Mm. He's 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 done so much for me over the years. He's always been there to help uh, whenever I've needed stuff. Um, and he he loves this gym and he loves training here. And he, he's he's officially the longest serving member. So thank yeah. you, Evan Pennell. Mm. You know? um, but yeah, like lots of the original members uh, filtered through Josiah, which which was awesome. That helped the gym grow. It was it was really you know th- the first person who signed a piece of paper to say they're a member was was another dude, and he trained between Brisbane and Gold Coast, so he's a member of PTC Brisbane, and he was my first member to sign the paper. But he was also the first member to quit, and like the pain <laughs> of having someone say, "Oh, sorry, I can't train here anymore. Please turn off my payments," especially when you're getting like a hundred dollars a week of membership payments is like that's a fifth of my of the gym's income just gone it's like oh <laughs> I like I, I still remember getting the email and being like what am i doing like what have i done how can i how can i make this happen because it was it was pretty full on you know like i again i, I took up a, a second job the job i did through uni which is just driving a forklift so just getting up at like 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. going to start a job at 5 working 5 till 2 the gym opened at 3 go for straight from the job down to because I lived in Brisbane go straight from the job down to the Gold Coast uh, be there from 3 the gym was open 3 till 9 be there from 3 till 9 most of the time nobody came just me sitting in the gym by myself and then go home and do it again rinse and repeat for a year or for two years for several years you know, there was there was a lot of nights, a lot of afternoons, nights uh, for the first, I'd say, four years when not a single person came in. I have a question. Yeah. Obviously, you had a vision for the future back then. Was it anything like you imagined? Like, is this just, has it blown you away? How big Zero has become now? No, it's, it's interesting because, like, that statement obviously had a vision for the future. That would make sense. Mm. That's not how it worked, though. Like, I, yeah. I, I mentioned it in my in my. Um, uh, one of my stories yesterday, I'm time blind. I, d- I don't see more than what's right in front of me mm-hmm. right now. I'll talk more about what that actually means later on. 
Uh, but I, I didn't have a vision. I didn't have a plan. I never have. I still don't. Like, I don't have a vision for, for, for zero besides, like, if you were to put a gun to my head and say something, so, some sort of vision right now, it's to commercialize strength training. Mm-hmm. It's to make this model a viable business model for other people to do. So not for zero to take over the world, but for strength training to, to take over the training. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, did, did I have a vision driving me or anything like that? Not really. Yeah. I would say pure, unadulterated stubbornness. <laughs> like for me, the concept of failing something just doesn't exist. I don't, I don't accept that there is, a, there, there is an opportunity to fail until I actually fail. Then I'm like, failure can be a thing. And so with any task, it's like, I can do this. I will do this. And it's not, it's, not like a, it's not like an internal driving force where I'm like, I don't believe in failure. It's like, I, I literally can't see it. I can't see the consequence. I can't see, I don't think like that. So it's, it's really good because you make decisions really easily, even if they're the dumb decisions. But it's really bad because you sometimes make dumb decisions. When, um, sorry. No. When, when, did you, when did you start seeing growth? And when, you, when were you like, fuck, I can actually make something of this? Was there ever that like light bulb period? Uh, not, not until recently. Yeah? Like in terms really? of I can make something of this? Mm. Not until recently. I would How say. Recent. I would say like 2018. Moving here, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, up until that point, um, it was more just like surviving and existing. Like there was really no direction or purpose or anything like that. Um, and so, understanding what my direction, and purpose is, or, or my why, I guess you could say, ha- has been a real influence too. And same thing when I get to that part of this journey, I'll I'll elaborate more. Um. But yeah, the, the Narang days were were super interesting. Mm. Was Andy Davis at Narang as well? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. continuing on that question, yeah, Andy Davis was there um, right at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Andy was coming there. There was a group that he sort of because he did our novice comps um, and the first few comps that we I can't remember. Oh, we did. We definitely ran sanctioned comps out of there. So he did novice comp, maybe a sanctioned comp or two out of that gym, and then a bunch of people from where he trained sort of filtered across and. And had dual memberships and would do half the training with us, half the training there. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting looking back. Like the, the power of sales is so much just believing in, in what you have. Mm. Um, and so I, like, I believed in the gym. To me, I walked in that place and I'm like, this is so good. Like why would people not want to train here? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And I remember one time a guy came in and I was so proud of the gym and I'm talking through it. And I'm like, this guy's signing up. I like if he doesn't sign up, he's the idiot. <laughs> and he's like, it's not for me, man. Like, you don't have dumbbells. I'm like, what do you need dumbbells for? <laughs> what do you, mean you want dumbbells? You've got barbells, you've got weights. What more could you want? And um, you'd remember as well. Actually, you guys would probably remember that I had those two dumbbell handles for ages. Mm. Um, they're oh, just yeah. like adjustable dumbbell handles. I'm like, we do have dumbbells. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not really what I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm like, fine. See ya. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. That, that was kind of my attitude though. Wow. It, it it's was, so, f- sorry. It's hey. so funny that you say that. Cause I remember when I first walked into zero. So I already looked up to you cause I followed you on Instagram. Like, oh, this guy's fucking powerlifter. I like powerlifting. And I remember when I first, when you invited me to train at PTC, Runaway Bay. And when I walked in, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was, I was like, what is this? And I was like, but I fucking love it. 
this is sick. Because you always hear about people saying they train in hardcore gyms with no mirrors, you know. It's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say dirty, because it wasn't dirty, but it was a little bit grungy. Like, the lighting wasn't very great. But I was like, fuck, this is what everyone talks about. Mm. And I fell in love with that too. But I know what you're saying. Like, other people would walk in there and be like, what the fuck is this? Why would I want to train here? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, everything's missing. Where are the machines? Um, like, but that was, the, that was the PDC moniker. It's like... You, you don't have machines. You don't have mirrors. Everything should be done with a barbell, plates, kettlebells. Like everything should be able to be done. And I truly believe that. I'm like, we don't need any of that stuff. And I remember feeling so dirty when I bought my first machine. It was a lap <laughs> pull down machine. It was from the 1970s. I bought it from a, a rugby club in Brisbane. Um, and I bought it with a couple of dumbbells, some heavier dumbbells. And, uh, yeah, that, that was my first machine. And I remember getting it in and being like, what have I done? Like I've, I've broken, broken the <laughs> PTC code. Like this is, this is disgusting. Um, but then every single person used it. I'm like, okay, maybe there is something to this. And that was just then like the, the evolution of the gym is like, okay, well now the gym's making enough money by year one year in, I had made enough money to quit my job. Um, it was, I remember it very clearly. We had that one year anniversary. I made the decision then and there. Okay. The gym wasn't making money. Like there wasn't profit, but there was enough money to break even. So I'm like, I don't, I, I can't keep working my job. I, I'd also had some problems at, at my job in terms of just like, I guess, uh, being tired, not performing, having run-ins with the boss over things. It, it was, it was just not, not going to be a sustainable thing. So um, I decided to, to leave at the one year anniversary. Immediately when I decided to leave, I decided I want a dog. We started looking for a dog. We found one dog online. That's him right there. We went and looked at him. He like they let him out for us to, to sort of view. And within about a minute, I'm like, this is my dog. And so the day that I quit my job, I left. I told them I had a doctor's appointment at 12. I left at 11. I drove down to Mwilimbar. I picked up Buddy. Uh, and then I came here and that's uh, when I when I left that job and sort of committed to the gym full time. That's crazy. So what year was that? Yeah. 2013. So that was December 2013. Uh, so again, the gym wasn't making any money. We had 12 members. Mm. Like it was, it was making enough money to pay the rent. That sort of shows how cheap the rent was. Where, when did you, <clears throat> so you, you did face-to-face -face sessions. Did you make money that way as well? Yeah. A face-to-face -face session with me was back then was $60. Yeah, right. And a lot of the times if people turn their nose up at that, I'd be like, I'd do it for 40. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy now, like to be completely transparent, if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one with me now, it's 250 bucks. And uh, I'm looking at putting that up soon. Like it's, it's crazy to see the transformation of, of that. Um, but, you know, in the early days, the one thing that hasn't changed in my mindset around this at all is that I love helping people. I love people training here that genuinely want to be here. I'll always bend and break the rules to accommodate people. If they genuinely want to be here, uh, I'll always help someone out. And so like one of, one of the first people um, that I ever did consistent training with is Charlie Evans. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'd say he was the first person. Um, so Charlie, I don't know if you've met Charlie. Do you I know Charlie? I don't think so. Maybe by face. Yeah. Char Charlie's the really big kid that went over to, to the States and played gridiron. Um, but he started with me when he was 13. His dad his dad did security in the area and he would drive past at night and see me in the gym alone. 
or training, you know, of the couple of people. And he just popped his head in one day. No, he didn't even pop in his head. I was leaving. I shut up shop and I was leaving and he was driving by and he called me over from his car. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, this guy in this, like, you know, the security people drive around in, like mm. a little gets. And mm. I had a gets. I'm like, yeah, my, my gets brother. <laughs> <laughs> I went and, went and had a chat with, with Mark, his name is. Um, and he Were told they in here recently? Yeah. Yeah, oh, they came and picked right. up a shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so believe it or not, but Charlie wasn't that much smaller when he started. Yeah. And you remember him when he came in the other yeah. day. He's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, so like when he st- he walked in, his dad's like, oh, my, my boy's a talented rugby player. He's a big kid. I'm like, yeah, everyone says that about their their kids. And Mark's like maybe 5'9 or something like that. Charlie walks in next to him, 13 years old. He's six foot one. It's wow. like 140 kilos. Oh He's a big kid. Mm. Yeah. He's a big kid. And uh, they they trained with with Zero religiously up until Charlie got a gridiron scholarship and, and went to the States. Wow. Uh, so like people like that, paying it forward in the sense of like giving giving to them and having the experience of like, I get to forge a relationship with someone. I get to learn how to coach. I get to provide someone with something that's giving them lifelong skills. But actually seeing that come into fruition, like people talk about coaching, oh, you know, this is for life. You never actually see it because you don't really – a, most, most coaches haven't been around for that long. And if they do, their clients just come and go and you kind of forget about them. Mm. But like seeing this kid turn into a man and, you know, excel in his life and still talk about the stuff that he, he learned mm. from here, but not just talk about it, actually practice it, is that, that's what makes my world go around. Paris is another example. Yeah. Mm. I, was looking at her, I was looking at her on, on Monday and I'm like, this is a woman. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like she started us when when she was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. She was a little girl. You were probably wigging out when I was making. Uh, even I feel weird w- making jokes about her drinking because she's eighteen years yeah, old now. Yeah, she's eighteen. <laughs> she's now. had schoolies. Like, <laughs> she's finished school. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's wild. So, um, well, yeah. What what am I talking about? The early days of of um, PTC face to face coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was in that spot for three years. And then I moved over to to Runaway Bay. Um, And the end of that three years was my first experience with high degrees of of negativity, of hatred, of someone actively trying to tear me and my business down for absolutely no good reason. Um, And I mean, like one of the the questions that came up a thousand times in that Q&A was like, what what are the lessons you've learned um, and how to deal with those situations has, has been a huge lesson. So specifically what happened, there's a, a, a famous ex-World's uh, Strongest Man competitor um, who opened a strongman powerlifting gym on the Gold Coast uh, and just wasn't a very nice person, like had very negative things to say about everyone. I remember he came to the last comp that we ran at that gym and I, I was talking to him outside and it's like, I knew he was opening the gym and it had been publicized and everything. I'm like, this is so cool. You know, if we can grow powerlifting together, you know, more powerlifters on the coast, that's how my business has grown. That's how I've gotten to this point. And I want to, you know, we've got a great crew of people that can help you run competitions and stuff. Anything you need, just give us a message. And the next thing he did was dob, I think like 30 niche gyms into the council, um, you know, and, and got, including myself, a whole bunch of us into trouble with, with council stuff. It's like, what? And we all found out it was him because he, he wasn't secretive about it. So it was really unfortunate. And, and so that location, I wasn't going to move. 
um, I had approached a CrossFit gym that I knew was was thinking of moving in Runaway Bay and said, hey, are you guys thinking of moving? I might be interested in taking over. They said no. So I'm like, okay, I'll stay put. So stayed put at that location. Uh, and then I got that that notice basically being like, you have to do something about this, which is a, a very lengthy and costly process. Um, and just at the same time, the CrossFit gym got back to me and uh, came back to me and was like, hey, is that offer still on the table? We want to move. So that's why I moved over to to a runaway bay the, the, within one week of me being there he dubbed in that location as well God. isn't that crazy and just like constant attacks online uh constant issues being created constant bad word of mouth and i had met this guy once we'd never spoken in any way shape or form i, ne- I you know i knew his name because he was famous but outside of that no fucking idea just not asking you to name names, but is his gym still around? No, 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 no. Um, it, didn't la- it didn't last very long either. No, it didn't mm-hmm. last long at all. In, in an interesting stroke of karma, I actually uh, was going to take over that location. So when mm-hmm. I came to the end of my lease at Runaway Bay, I went as far as getting a lease and paying the deposit. Like once the final step would have been signing the lease and I decided to change my mind on it. Wow. Uh, so like I paid a $16,000 deposit to go into the location that he was at, which is why the, that quote that I said before, you know, revenge is not being, I was literally doing it out of spite. Yeah. And I was like, I would be moving here for the wrong reasons. Mm. This isn't actually the best move for my business. Um, I'm really happy where I am, which is why I pulled out of the whole thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting. Like it was just, I, I, I'd never experienced someone just hating for the sake of hating. Mm. Um, Jealousy and insecurity. Yeah, that exactly. Mm. It, that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, they they need you. You don't need them. Mm-hmm. They have to follow you. They have to pay attention to what you're doing. They have to dedicate huge amounts of time and mental energy into monitoring what you're doing, which means they cannot progress. Which is why people like that fail. Mm-hmm. And I like, I, I don't know this person again. Like I, I don't know them personally, uh, but I certainly hope that they've learned from that whole experience and, and changed their ways and, and leading a better life now. So how long how long were you in the that old uh, the Runaway Bay location for? So we we're in the Narang for three years. Mm-hmm. From, so from 2013 to 2016. No, that doesn't sound right, does it? No, 2000. No, 2012 to 2015. Moved to Runaway Bay in 2015. Moved here in 2018. That's right. Yeah. So Those, th- three years at both. Man, the days I loved the uh, Runaway Bay days. They were really cool. They were like um. Just thinking about what we've got as a gym now and thinking about, uh, I've said this before, but me and Edan used to message each other and like race to the gym. Yeah. Gee, when you get there, try get the Alico barbell. <laughs> the one Alico barbell. <laughs> the one Alico combo <laughs> rack. We had one combo. Yeah, and he'd message me like, I saw Miz, like he'd saw Miz. She was another uh, uh, really cool chick that trained there too. So us three, me, Edan and Miz, we all uh, competed in, or we, we liked the stiff bar. Mm. So uh, we'd always race to get there. And me and Edan could train with each other. So like, even though he's way stronger. But yeah, so we'd message each other, gee, when you get there, get the Alico barbell. And uh, it was pretty funny because he'd message me. I saw Miz on Instagram. She's on the way to the gym. You got to beat her. Yeah, trying to race here. And there was the one combo rack. So we'd, um, I still remember when we got the combo rack. Yes. And that was mind blowing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, fuck, we've got a combo rack. I've seen these on Instagram. Um, so that was cool. And yeah, we used to race to get there for the Alico combo rack. Is that yeah. the one that's still there now? Yeah. yeah. The one on the. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the OG. That's, <laughs> OG. that's a piece of history right there. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, so um, Aiden Potts actually on that Q&A asked me, you know, did I ever take a risk or whatever? Moving into that space, the rent was triple what I was paying at at Narang. And it was literally all the money the gym was making. Mm. So I was going from, I was was leading a comfortable life. Like my, my day back then before I moved to that location, I woke up. I sat in my undies and played Xbox from about 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. Because the gym still only operated 3 till 9. It operated like that for the first half of its life. Um, So I sat in my undies, played Xbox all day, got up because I wasn't doing much online coaching either. Went to the gym, hung out at the gym, went home, went to bed, did it all again. Wow. It was a pretty comfy life. But then um, when that happened, when I moved... I wasn't making any money. It was, it was back to the gym was paying for itself. Uh, you know, I was living off my ex-wife's income, um, and it was a bit of a a bit of a mission then to try and try and attract clients and, and try and grow and and uh, expand a little bit more. So uh, that's when I sort of started playing around with with actually marketing and advertising. I had no idea what I was doing, but it did all right. That that year though, like fourteen two thousand fourteen was when I you know people had their eyes on me as a powerlifter. I was doing quite well in powerlifting and fifteen too, um, and then fifteen sixteen was like where I blew up as a coach. So I was getting a lot of income then from that point with online coaching, and that's where all my focus was dedicated. How did you start online coaching? Um, honestly, I through the forums again. There was a a guy in New Zealand um, that uh, reached out and said. There was no real powerlifting coaches in New Zealand. And he's like, I know you, I've been following you. You know, I knew this person personally through, uh, he, he was my best friend growing up's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew him personally. And he's like, will you will you help me out with stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so I just started doing it. Just started coaching people. And then he told a friend and that friend told another friend. And then I started posting stuff about it. And then I started getting more clients. And I... I I don't know if I can say I was the first person doing online coaching in Australia because I really doubt that I was, but I didn't know of anyone back then who, who was doing it. So I was certainly one of the first. Um, and so like I, I gained a pretty pretty good hold on the market pretty quickly because no one else was doing it and anyone else who was doing it didn't have the systems, the structures, the style that I had. Uh, so once it started getting popular as a medium for coaching, I just blew up. Like at one point between the gym and online coaching, I was looking after 250 people. That's um, nuts. And most of that was online because between between like 2015 and say 17, again, I, I put very limited effort into into the actual gym. It mm-hmm. just kind of grew organically or it stayed the same. There wasn't much actual growth in the in the gym membership, but the online stuff was just going up and up and up and up and up. And that's, that's where I was making my money. When did you realize you're in a position to employ someone? Um... I don't, I don't know if I ever had a realization like that. I, I think it was just kind of like an organic next step. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to grow, I, I, you know, I knew that I had the potential to grow. I knew that if I had help, I could do more. I could help more people, reach more people, coach more people. Um, I, I, I could afford it, but it's, it's a really weird thing having this income and um, being like, well, if I give this person this much, then I don't have that much. Like it's at f- from a business owner perspective speaking now, it makes sense. You're just like, well, you hire people so you can grow and then the growth facilitates more income. But when it's your money, like well, when you see it as your money, um, that's a really hard pill to swallow. It's like, well, I'm used to having this much coming in. 
so I, I, I don't actually know the answer to that question. Um, but I definitely saw value in, in getting someone, which is why I took that step. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like, the, I don't know when it was, but there was a defining shift in me probably in the last two or three years where it's like, I own a gym to I am a gym owner. Mm-hmm. I think when I, when I owned a gym, uh, I saw the money as mine. Uh, and even though I didn't use the money for myself, I always put money back into the gym. That switch in identity, that shift from I am, I, I am a, I own a gym to I am a gym owner. I see the money that comes into any of these gyms as belonging to the gym. It's like the members are depositing their money into this big bank account and they're withdrawing an experience. And the job of the money that comes into the bank account is to enhance that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, pay the bills, pay you guys, pay. Uh, I, I'm not. A, I'm not an employee of the of the business, so I just kind of get the scraps that I get left behind. Um, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's a hard one. It's crazy because now I remember that because he was here part time. Yes, yeah, so yeah. First, first manager was was a part time employee. Um, I can't remember when when I actually started that. Um, I know it finished around 2018, uh, and then I had no employees again for about a year uh, mm-hmm. before you came on. That's crazy. Something like that. That's I've never asked this, but were you going to employ anyone else before you employed me? I wasn't looking, no. Oh, so you weren't looking when I asked you? No. That's crazy. No. That's I, pretty cool. I, it's same thing. Like I, I've, I've never had a vision to grow. I've never mm. have a, had a vision to expand or anything. Um, and so by then I knew what it was like to have an employee. I knew the benefits that could come from having an employee but I had no desire to actually go out and find someone and go through that process. I knew that I'd hire you in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, and so when that was off the table for that period of time, it was just kind of like, oh, well, I don't have an employee. That's fine. It's crazy. I know we spoke about it in episodes previously, but in 2018, for people that don't know, I had enough of my job. Um, I had a really, I had a good job too. Um, I just stopped enjoying it. So I just messaged uh, Tom bro and said, hey bro, I know we spoke about an opportunity, fuck, six or seven months ago. Is that office still there? I was kind of thinking, there's no way that office still there. That was fucking half a year ago. And he goes, yeah, man, of course. That office still stands for you. I was like, oh, sweet. And he goes, I'll sort something out in the next couple of weeks. I was like, holy shit. So that was 2018. I'll be heading into year five next year. Amazing. Yeah, that's nuts. Crazy. Half the time. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, but you you especially, James. I mean, like you can, you can look back on the gym because I – I feel like a lot of people will say that they reinvest their money into their business and they just use that as an excuse to basically say the gym doesn't make any money or the business doesn't make any money. Oh, I'm just reinvesting. What you're basically saying is you're putting money to run the thing because you don't have any. Whereas I genuinely, you know, I lived, but I also reinvested every bit of profit outside of what was required to sustain me uh, back into the gym. And that's like the evolution of the gym that you've seen has been massive. It's like, we had those shitty old dumbbells. Then we had another pair. Then we had another set. We had a cable machine. Then another one. Then another one. Then another one. Like constantly buying new things. New things. New like 12th hand things. New second hand things. New used things. Uh, before we've arrived to, to the zeros that you know and see now. Like it was, it was constantly like what do the members want? How do I get it? Where do I buy it? And normally it was pretty quick. Normally it's like I want this. Okay, cool. I'll go and buy it. Mm. Like if it's going to get used and multiple people are going to get used, I'll go and buy it. Um, and so that's that's how I've built the gym over the years uh, is just by constantly putting stuff back in that I felt we need. And that like 
I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately, and I have no qualms in saying it. I would say one of the single biggest barriers to powerlifting growing in Australia was Robert Wilkes and powerlifting. Uh, Robert Wilkes and Powerlifting Australia, the model that they ran was very exclusive. So you didn't make money from competitions. Whereas for me, it's like I run bigger comps, I make more money, I can buy another combo rack. I can buy another set of calibrated plates. I can buy another barbell. I can grow my gym. I can make more powerlifters. I can make my comps bigger. It's just this magical circle of life. And if your gym is limited to making income from competitions, there's little value in growing uh, the competition scene. There's a little value in putting on competition scene, uh, putting on competitions. Um, and then it, it just becomes this like self-fulfilling prophecy of being stuck in the same place. And so like for years we've had shitty powerlifting gyms because the gym owners don't make any money. And if they do make money, they don't put it back into the gyms. It's, it's definitely the hardest thing with, with being a, a business owner or a small business owner is wrapping your mind around the concept of this money is the business's money. It can pay me. I can withdraw from it because, you know, I'm the leader of this thing, but the money really belongs to the business. And same thing. You saw me go through that. You mm. saw me be like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a big dog now. I can buy a car. <laughs> Bought a fucking Mustang. Never drove it. Drove it a few times. Get a few. Oh, that's a cool car. It's a car. So I drove my Gets most of the time. I sold the Mustang. Now I drive a, a car that I love. That is a very cheap, you know, economic just basic car. That's yeah, all I, I can't need. picture you in a Mustang. <laughs> That's how I know him. <laughs> really? So I used to work at a barbershop before here and he yeah. was a regular. That's how yeah. we got connected. And he'd always pull up in a Mustang. Wow. And I'd always be like, man, you know, ask about the Mustang because he'd, you know, light the ground with the horse or Mustang. Yeah. And ask him about it. And he'd be like, you want to buy it? <laughs> really? <laughs> he yeah. didn't want it. I was like, I don't want it. I'm going to lose money on it. Do you want it? I was like, well, I mean, I was like a, a, an apprentice barber. I was making nothing. So I was like, I'm not going to buy a Mustang. So, so it was one of the newer models, not like an old school No, it was a Mustang. newer. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. I, I test drove, oh, I didn't test drive, sorry. I um I hired one in 2016. I went on a, a, a trip to Melbourne and I hired the one. And I'm like, for my birthday next year, if my business is still going well, because again, I was blowing up as a coach at the time. I'm like, I'm going to buy myself a car for my birthday. And after I got back from that trip, which was like in, in June, my birthday's in May the following year, within two months, business had blown up even further. I'm wow. like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to buy one now. Yeah. <laughs> so bought it. So cool. It's Didn't single-handedly the dumbest financial decision <laughs> I've ever made. Like absolutely no fulfillment. Absolutely not me as a person. Taught me a very valuable lesson in terms of like, I don't need this stuff. Mm. I don't need stuff. And so I... I buy what I need and what I enjoy. Um, you know, I have a very cheap lifestyle in terms of the things that I enjoy. I don't need much of and I don't have to do very often and relatively they're not that expensive. Uh, and so any money that I make, I can use it to open other gyms. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where these other gyms have, have come from. It's like most of, most of financial success in business is just not wasting it on yourself. I still remember when I first saw the car parked outside the gym, and I was like, who the fuck's car is that? <laughs> Can you remember this? And you were not impressed. Like, when I was like, someone's like, Thomas, I was like, bullshit. I was like, is that your car? And you were like, yeah. Like, you weren't even, <laughs> you weren't even proud of it. It's almost like you were gutted. You're like, what yeah. I get that? Mm. Well, because I, I, like, I, I don't like people looking at me, and like, I don't like the fuss around it. Mm. And so, like, I, I enjoyed it, you know, it was, it was nice to drive. It, was, it had air conditioning for your butt, which is like the greatest feature of all time. <laughs> but, like, the, the, wow, talk about it. 
I don't, I didn't like any of that. And mm. I was like, did I buy this car for me or did I buy it for everyone else? Mm. Mm. And it mm. felt like I bought it for everyone else. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need this to enjoy. And things like that are funny. I mean, like if you guys ever go away and you stay at somewhere like luxurious, even a hotel room or a really fancy Airbnb, it's really cool for the first day. And it's just kind of like, oh, toilet, shower, kitchen. And so like it becomes very old very quickly. Mm. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, it just, I, I don't get much joy out of these. Um, Materialistic uh, yeah. mm. objects. So like back in those days, like when the gym was just one gym and, you know, before you splashed out on a car, what did your life look like? In a sense, like, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people might have this presumption that, oh, you're a business owner, so you're just like rolling in suits and whatnot, which obviously isn't you. But like zero what, shirts every but day. What, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, but what did that look like in, in a sense? Like, what kind of life did you live? So, you, the like, I guess to paint a picture of what actually went back into the gym instead of you pulling out. You know, man, I, I lived in the gym. Um, I, I I should highlight here, like we we moved. Um, we moved in early 2015 to that location. I accepted a contract with the government again. So I went back to work as a community nutritionist and do a research project um, at the start of 2015. So I spent a year and a half doing, again, nutrition work in the morning and then the gym in the afternoon. Um, so part of that was like, well, I've just moved to a place that I – that I'm making no income out of in terms of supporting myself, mm. uh, making no money. It's just paying for itself. And part of it was like, I'm in a way bigger space now. And it has no equipment in it. Like I need to buy stuff for the gym. I want to grow mm. the gym. If I grow the, if I put better equipment in it, surely I'll attract more people. Um, so I took a second job uh, again. Um, and uh, it was a research project. I, I've got a publication. If you Google me, you'll probably find it somewhere. Um, so uh, that's what I did. And that yeah. was my lifestyle was just really work, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I had my, my family life outside of that. I had a dog again. Back then I was married. Uh, so doing stuff on the weekends and just hanging out and yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're going to ask, but like before we record you, I think we asked, um, was there any moment where you'd thought, I'm, I'm going to call it here? Um, th there was, there's been tons of moments, even now, like not right now in this very second, <laughs> I mean, tons of moments when I'm like, uh, where I've thought, uh, I don't have to do this, uh, or, or, you know, fantasized about what it would look like to, to not do this or thought about, you know, maybe when I get to the end of this lease term, I'll sell everything and, and close the gym down and, and do something else. Um, and I think that's just a natural response to anything. Like I think, you know, when you're at a job, any job, I'm sure you guys think, you know, do I really want to stay here or is, is there a better offer out there? Or if you're in a relationship, you, you're like, you know, am I really happy here? I, I think it's just what our brains do. Mm. We think, uh, we toy with the, with the idea of what things don't look like. Um, those thoughts were very quickly shut down uh, by a felt responsibility to the community. Like my, from the steps and thinking is like, I wonder what my life would be like if I, uh, if I wasn't doing this. But then it's like, you know, James is down there in his moon boot benching. I'm like, what would, where would James be training? Where would so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so be training? I'm like, I don't want them to have to go train there. This, this is really important for me to keep alive 
so the community has their third place to go you know so the community stays together and so you know when when intrusive thoughts like that come in in these days it's so much bigger not only is there such a greater community but i also have the livelihoods of you guys of all my staff and so like when people ask me what's my motivation and my driving force it's, it's sitting right next to me like le- legit it, it's the people around me uh is, is what gives me any any sort of any sort of uh reason to continue doing this we love you thomas thank you so never a moment where you really contemplated it no i was never actually genuinely close to shutting things down mm. Okay. Business has never been that bad. Yeah, you know, I've I've never had times where I was like, "How am I going to pay the rent?" Right, right. At the start, when we couldn't, li- when we literally couldn't afford to pay the rent, we had other sources of income: my daytime job, my ex-wife, uh, her income, supplementing the, the costs of the business. Right, right. Uh, but since the business has been paying for itself, it's never been a, a, at a point where. Um, the actual cost of the business, you know, the, the rent, the electricity, keeping the lights on, um, ha- has ever been at jeopardy. Okay. Yeah. Was there ever like, I know back then like social media was different. Was there ever a lot of noise in the sense of like people going, oh, I don't know, maybe you, sh- you shouldn't be doing this or, or, or even like a sense in your case, like maybe insecurity in terms of like comparison, looking at other successful gyms and going, Oh, what's going on? Like, how and how did you navigate that? Yeah, massively, absolutely. Um, so, noise around like he shouldn't be doing that. Not really. I mean, I've had haters for sure. I've had people that don't like me. I've had people that have, you know, taken pot shots at the internet on the internet at me and blah 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 blah. Um, I I I, I would uh, be lying if I said it was water of duck uh, off a duck's back back then. Uh, I would say it, it did affect me, uh, but my immediate response is like. Uh, how do I be better? How do I be better than this person? It was, it was a very like negative driving force in terms of like, I can do better than them. I can show them kind of thing. Whereas now, hey, if we get, hey, I don't see it. Mm. I don't pay attention that much to what's happening on the internet. And if uh, like, I think this is going to sound a bit pompous and arrogant, but like we don't sit here and, and hate on McDonald's mm. as a business and what they're doing. Because you just c- kind of accept that they are there and they're dominating. And I feel like that's that's kind of what we've done. We've broken away from the typical powerlifting gym scene to be something in its own category. And so we don't get targeted by people yeah. because there's no one in our category. Mm. A thousand percent. That's exactly how I feel about it too. It's like, uh, I don't know, we're zero now. Like, no. yeah. There's nothing mm. else like zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, it's, it's not about being arrogant. I, mm. I more look at it as like, I hope people are watching us and not hating, but thinking, what are these guys doing? How can I learn from them? What questions can I ask them so we can continue to grow the sport of powerlifting, the idea of strength training into something that is so much more viable for everyone? Mm. Um, because that's, that's uh, you know, to answer your question, was I comparing myself? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, but I learned very early on, and I don't know if this is my upbringing, my religious background, my just the way I think or whatever. I learned very early on in the business journey to look at those people who I was hating on or being jealous of or you know, um, comparing myself to and being like, what is it about them that's actually creating this feeling. It's something that they're doing really well. How can I do that better in my business? Mm. Or why am I giving this person so much free rent in my head when I can use that mental space and capacity to do something better about my business? 
Mm. And th- that's the advice I would give to anyone listening to this who, who gets stuck in that mindset because there are a lot of salty people out there. You see it in their posts. You see it in um, the way that they conduct themselves or, or speak or, or, you know, in interactions with them. They'll, they'll always have something negative to say. Um, don't think like that. Don't waste your time. It doesn't mm. serve you. It doesn't serve your customers. If you're in business, you want to serve your customers. The best way that you can serve them is to focus on making your business better. So look at what people ahead of you are doing and try and do that. It's um, it's funny that you say that. I went and hung out with uh, our good buddy Will Crozier last week or yeah, the week before. The man. And um, he, he, me and him always have conversations like this, but he's like, how cool is it that like the two biggest brands in powerlifting are here on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you think of big brands in powerlifting that stay out of internet bullshit, drama, mm-hmm. uh, like Zero and Nexus come to mind. Yeah. And like, you know, and we're not in competition with each other. It's all love. Like, Will and Thomas go way back. Will Thomas and Mickey go way back. Mm. Um, and I think that's fucking cool. Like, Will's like, always like to me, how cool is it that we're both here on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This I've, is the home of strength training. I've been talking to him. We, we're going to squat together before I head away for Christmas, um, which will be really cool because I haven't actually trained with him for, for so many years now. Mm. That's cool. Um, but yeah, love Will and Mickey to death. Love Nexus. They're, they're doing great things. I mean, if, if anyone's going to... Um, follow in the footsteps of Zero in terms of the expansion that we've had. They are, they are definitely next in line. Um, there are there are I should I should mention here there are other brands in the country that have had multiple locations. Um, probably not in the same model. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a licensing model is a little bit different to you know Zero, where I have the ownership share of all of the gyms. I own the gyms, and it's an employee model where. Um, there's no independence in the sense that we all operate the same way. We all use the same coaching systems, the same language, the same programming styles. We've all been taught the same thing. That's the success of Zero is that we're, we're selling the same product in all the different locations. That's, that's what's not being done in the powerlifting or the strength training world is replicating a coach's system. That's the success of zero. And I like I don't say this unironically. I say it genuinely. That's what the coach development system is. And it's hard coming from me because I want to scream at everyone. If you want to be like zero, just do this thing. I literally tell you how you can be like zero. Just do the coach development course. But of course, that just sounds like a sales pitch. <laughs> it's genuine. Like mm. what I teach you guys is you see it. It's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it is literally mm. exactly what I do. Um, yeah. So anyway, we were uh, in Runaway Bay. The the gym uh, continued to grow. I put the money from the online coaching back into the gym, which is why we got more equipment. We we'll just keep going. Yeah, no, Th- good. This is gonna be a long mm. episode. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, Unless okay. you got, do you guys have clients or what? No, no, not till two o'clock. So I just got to go get those containers, but they can wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's a, what's another week? What's, what's another year? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I continued to sink money uh, back into that into that gym. Uh, this is episode two now of people who hated for no reason. Mr. Rodney, welcome to the show. Oh, Rodders. Rodney. Rodney was our next door neighbor at, at Runway oh. Bay. He, uh, he owned an antique shop and look, I get it. Antiques plus heavy deadlifts. Maybe not the best combo. I understand. Um, this is the funny thing about Rodney though. Like we, we peacefully coexisted for a long time. Uh, before any any drama happened uh and then one day they were doing renovations next door and they knocked some dynabolts through through these bricks and it came through like the the gyp rock on my side so it put two holes in it no problem who cares whatever two little holes no big deal 
Uh, but I walk next door. I'm like, hey, Rodney, can, can you come have a look at this for a second? Uh, I noticed you guys have put these, these two holes in. And it uh, doesn't matter when, don't care. We've got years on this lease. But at some point, I'll get you to get this fixed up. You know, maybe while your workmen are here, get them to fix it up. Uh, because, you know, obviously I'm going to be liable for this. Mm. Then, the, then it started. Oh Just, I, I can't put into, I, I don't have enough time to put into words the lengths that this man went to to try and shut us down. Like, and, and he was successful to some extent. So um, it's all around council, council zoning stuff. Um, we had conditional zoning that was, that was pertinent to the CrossFit gym before. So he managed to get us shut down so we could only operate in like a four-hour window in the evening. Uh, so I lost probably 30% of the business in terms of memberships wow. with, with that move. And it took me two years to recover that. So he, he, he made a big dent on, on us, but not yeah. enough to shut us down. But just like complaints that got elevated to, he was CCing in the Gold Coast mayor. Like that, that kind, this is the kind of person that he was. Just nonstop, nonstop. I ended up in a government mediation with him and about an hour into the mediation, like the, the guy doing it, it was all on the phone. The guy on, could shut him off or shut me off. And he shut him off at one point and he's like, is this guy for real? <laughs> like it, it was ludicrous. Um, it got to the point, I don't, I don't know if I should really say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It got to the point where the council called me and they're like, this is how you can get us to nullify his complaints. You just have to do this step, this step, this step, and then we can pretty much write off all of his complaints because we're so sick of him calling us. That's that's the level it got to. It was wild. Never experienced anything like it. I'm not going to say it on the potty, but nah, say it. No, no, no. The computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Why? What? What's yeah, he going to do? Uh, he's listening. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um. So <laughs> this is the best. I really wanted to do this. I wanted to just slide it under under the door and yeah. you know give him a wink. We should have. No more complaints, Rodney. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just channeling that Marcus Aurelius quote right now. So. <laughs> Trying to convince myself I did the right thing. So we, um, he chucked out an old computer. Yeah. I was, I was taking the rubbish out one day and I lifted up the bin. And I'm like, there's, a, there's an iMac in here, like an Apple computer. Well, thank you. So I pulled it out because that's the kind of person that I am. Um, and I set it up and I'm like, it still works. This is cool. Um, and I'm like, this is Rodney's computer. <laughs> so I, I gave it to Evan. Um, cause Evan's a computer whiz. Evan took it home. He cleaned it all up for me. Like a, as in like cleaned up the data and made it usable and everything like that. And he gave me all the previous data on a USB. So I'm like, Oh, let's see what we got here. He's like, just have a look, whatever. Um, I can't remember if he saw it first or if I did. <laughs> I can't remember if he handed me the USB and was like, you're going to want to see this. Uh, but I plugged in this USB, started going through the files, started finding some really weird things that I'm not going to say. Um, Started finding some just like typical old person thing, like a, a document with all his logins and passwords to absolutely everything. Uh, and then came across this little gem, uh, just a little folder with a date on it. Opened it up. Ronnie was a, he was a bit of a freak. Uh, <laughs> and, a, and a couple of folders full of nudes of, yeah. of, of him and his wife. Uh, no way! Yeah, just sitting have you, there. Have we not told you this? Um, I don't think so. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> the I was best like, story. I remember being like, Tom, bro, let's print them out, let's slide them under his door. Bear, bear in mind, this is like a late seventies man. Yeah, I was gonna say, how yeah. old was he? He, he wasn't a young guy. He was he was very old, like very old. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me add to this and say his wife was in good shape for like a, a yeah. 70 plus year old woman. Well, I think, I think she was about 20 years his junior. I think right. she was a little bit younger. I get the feeling that he was quite wealthy mm. because he didn't have any customers. He just sat in there yeah. by himself all day and he had a lot of stuff. Did you ever go next door? Nah. It, it was set up to be like a, a showroom slash antique shop and it was packed. You could not move in there. And some of the things were ludicrously priced. Like he, he was very well off. So anyway, back to the computer. Yeah. Back to the, back to the <laughs> <Did you, laughs> What do you do with it? We Nothing. Keep him here. <laughs> that, Watch that out, Rodders. Rent free. <laughs> <laughs> that computer was the gym computer and until here. Um, I can't remember how when I replaced it. Uh, I get the feeling that that um, hard drive over there still has that, that folder. Uh, just in case. You have yeah. to tell me what else was on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell it was you good. <laughs> it was so funny though. <laughs> yeah, wild. Absolutely wild. Wow. That's, so in the history of, of owning the gym, I've only, in my adult life, I've only yelled twice and wh- one of them was at Rodney because he was he was hurtling very racist comments towards, Kevin was basically the manager before any, any I had any staff. He was there day and night. Um, he was there all the time. He was there more than me, uh, one of our members, Kevin. Um, and Kevin was Asian background, he's Chinese, um, and Rodney just, Kevin filmed him. I went away to America for, for a competition for Worlds in 2015, and Kevin filmed him saying some stuff, and it was just disgusting, just like d- disgusting stuff. Uh, and I, I called him in to, to apologize to Kevin, and he, he just wouldn't do it, and so I just screamed at him for ages. Fuck. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. imagine. Yeah, I yelling. literally can't imagine that. Yeah, so I ask Kevin. <laughs> well, Fuck you, hell. you know I'm a calm guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure I've mentioned I was bullied most of my life. Like I was mm. beat up almost every day. And I got really good at being like, well, I can't fight. If I fight back, I just get beat up worse. I'll just take the beating. But I got really good at learning people and being able to know exactly what would make them extremely upset straight away. And I, I, I said some horrible stuff. I peppered him pretty hard. <laughs> it, it, it's probably still in his head. So not something that I'm, I'm proud of, but... Uh, only, only he could have said whatever to me, but saying it to someone like Kevin yeah. at the time was uh, inexcusable. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fuck Rodney. Yeah. Now wow. you guys are like, fuck. How do we find someone to get this beast out of Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So you moved into so after Runaway Bay. Yeah. You moved into here 2018. Yeah. So Runaway Bay, the move to here is where Zero was born. So end of uh, towards this is this is really where the the story of where we are now begins. So um, first zero towards the end of the year uh, to, to uh, in 2018, I'm like people are. Uh, I've got a huge online coaching brand. Tons of people in New Zealand. Tons of people in other countries in the world, and they're represent. They're wearing PTC Gold Coast shirts, and I've got a staff member now, and um, it doesn't make sense that if I'm going to continue to grow that people are either representing Thomas Lilly or PTC Gold Coast. Because PTC was great, but it was, you know, segregated to a geographical location. Thomas Lilly is no good because it's going to grow bigger than me. So I'm like, I need a, a brand for my online coaching. I thought, Zero Weakness sounds pretty cool. I'll just do that. But someone asked him the questions, How do, what names did you go through before you got to Zero Weakness? Is literally the first name. As I absence, <laughs> you, know, you know the story. Recited, <laughs> 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 <Sorry>, James. <laughs> There's no such thing as darkness, only the absence of light. 
Therefore, zero weakness. Anyway, so that I, I created the brand. I got Nick. He didn't work for me at the time, but I, he was a graphic designer and he's a close friend of mine from school. So uh, I was like, hey, man, can you design me a logo? Designed a logo. It's the original logo that's on everything and like just one banged everything. Just name, first shot, logo, very minimal back and forth. Yeah, that'll do. First shot. Uh, created zero. And then when I moved, I was like, well, for moving the gym, it's an opportunity to rebrand it makes sense. You know, this gym, even though it was PTC, wasn't really part of PTC. It was just a name and that name served me well at the beginning because, you know, PTC was all over the country. So for context, PTC was like a chain because a lot of people don't know PTC as well. PTC was like a chain, but just the name. It wasn't a licensing agreement. It wasn't a franchise. You just uh, had the privilege of being able to call your business PTC. And at one stage, there was like 10 to 15 of us. Um, now there's only one or two that still exist. Uh, all of the others have either shut down or rebranded. And so I was like, well, it's really my own thing. It's my own brand, it's my own community, my own culture. Everything is is what I've created here. So let's put it under the, the banner of Zero. And that's where, where Zero was sort of born. But when I sort of talk about, um, you know, what actually pushed things forward and, and uh, uh, in 2018, I went through uh, my marriage split up. So I, I before I split up with my wife, I had, been recognized as maybe needing to go see a psychologist. <laughs> uh, it was actually random. Like my, my GP that I went and saw was just like, you know, Thomas, you're a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what he said. He said, you're a little odd. I want you to go talk to this person. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went and spoke to a psychologist and started going through that process. Uh, and, you know, psychology for me was like, well, I'm, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not unhappy. I'm not depressed and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I was getting a, a bit out of the process and she sort of started to say, well, I, I think you have, or I, I know you have ADHD. So went through that high, whole diagnostic process, got a diagnosis, went and saw a psychiatrist, got medication, um, but also got diagnosed ASD as well. So on the, on the autism spectrum. And so when I say I'm time blind, one thing that comes with ADHD is you, you don't really see consequences. You don't see much that's in front of you really task focus you focus very much on what's directly in front of you and the beautiful combination of of asd and adhd is that there's there's very little emotion attached to anything uh, for me i don't really experience emotion in the in the same way that other people do the stress anxiety depression that normally comes with people who have mismanaged or misunderstood adhd is attached to a lot of emotion like the emotion sort of breeds it. And I, I don't really experience that. So uh, I was just kind of numb. And so going through the, the, the breakup catalyzed um, the, the psychological process of like learning how to feel. Uh, so like to answer one of the questions, people are like, um, what's the, the biggest lesson you've learned? For me, it's seeing the value in human connection and relationship. So like I, I, had never experienced true communication, true closeness, true friendship before 2018. Never. Wow. Uh, and so feeling that now makes all of my interactions, all of my empathy so much more genuine and so much more heartfelt. Like I've always been a really caring, empathetic person, someone really invested in making people feel good, someone very giving and generous. Like I love, um, I love doing all of that stuff. But being able to feel and not... I feel like a manufacturing feelings has, has been a real godsend because I've seen so much value in other people, which is a big part. You know, you, you asked me um, why take on another staff member. It's like, well, because of that. Mm -hmm. And why continue to grow? Because of that. 
like you guys don't know this, maybe you do know this, but the expansion of zero with the like, we went from one staff member to 19 in the last three years. Most of that was before we could afford to do that. We've grown into it, so don't worry. <laughs> Everyone's safe. But most of that was before we, we could afford to do that, which sounds really stupid. There was obviously a plan. There's obviously stuff. Under, I wouldn't have made a dumb decision for the businesses. Uh, so it was all calculated. So also don't freak out. Um, but like my why, the unlocking of my why, my purpose with all of this is people, is giving back, is community, is creating careers, creating opportunity, it's completely person-driven. And me being able to see value and communication connection with other human beings has been the true true driving force of that, which is so interesting, right? Because I could have made a, a decent living. I could have made a lot of money just doing it myself and just taking that money for myself. But now I've set up a future where not only do I get to benefit from all of this, but so do a shitload of other people. And as it continues to grow, more people, more people, more people, more people. Um, so when people ask me uh, why or what's my driving force, my inspiration, people. Is it through and through? Um, I don't really talk about the whole ADHD, ASD thing very often, uh, obviously. Um, I, you know, you haven't heard me talk about it on here before, maybe made some jokes about it or something like that. Because it, it like... Uh, as it's becoming more and more cool or popular or more people are, you know, more vocal and open about their their experience with it on social media, I think there's a lot of good in that. I think there's a lot of value in that. But there's, a, I think there's a lot of diminishment of like the, um, the intensity it can have on someone's life. Uh, and, you know, I have a nephew who is truly autistic and will struggle for his entire life because of his autism. Um, and I feel like someone like me who has just by chance, you know, learned how to autism, uh, learned how to harness the way that my brain works and uh, see the value in it and use it as, I guess, more of a superpower than something that's holding me back. I feel like I'm taking away from the people who are, who are truly limited by these things. And there are a lot of people who are truly limited by these things. And so um, I, have, I get a lot of people reach out to me and do like private mentoring calls that are in business and, and experience, you know, their... Uh, experience neurodiversity and want to learn more about you know how I've I've managed it and and learned about it and all that sort of stuff uh, and I love helping that but it's just not something that I am ready yet to to go deep and publicly you know, this kind of thing anyway um, the whole like psychological process uh, going through psychology learning about more more about myself and how to interact with others so not only did it help me see value in people it was the best sales tool that I've ever had because mm -hmm. now I can really genuinely listen learn and then sell like i've always been good at imitating i've always been good at acting uh, which is why i've survived because believe it or not before i owned a gym i couldn't have a conversation with a person like i was very weird very odd and probably for most of it up until like the last five years um which might be a reason why we, we didn't really grow uh, but it's it's been a learned skill being like okay oh, this is how people work oh, this is how you talk to people which is weird to say because for most people it's just a very naturally occurring thing. Whereas for me, naturally occurring things are like numbers, mm -hmm. just working, just grit. Um, so, you know, every deficit has a, has a mirrored benefit somewhere. Uh, we all have struggles. We all have skills. You just got to play the, the cards you're dealt, right? Mm. So what was the difference? Because I'd probably, from what I'm hearing, like go as far as saying that 
even in the first five years of the gym before um, I guess you got diagnosed with those um, with that the your why then was still people it was community wasn't it like why you kept going why you didn't um, pull the plug so what was the difference between the like that season and then coming I guess like was it just knowing what you had and being diagnosed that just switched everything and then we oh no 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 like uh, you know again like you just said I've always had this um, you know desire to help people out and, and drive community and, and value in the community uh, but there wasn't like it wasn't like I went through psychology and had a flick uh, a switch flick and I'm like this is why I do it mm. and so I'm gonna uh, gonna push it there was there was no like light bulb moment like that um, and I guess the big difference to answer your question is that I couldn't have never articulated that back then. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm regurgitating what I think I was thinking back then. Like it's, it's literally being retrospective about it. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking in the moment, but I assume that's that that was what it is. Mm. You know, I, in depth, I, I don't actually remember, but I'm uh, almost certain that's what it was. Uh, so, post 2018, post breakup, post new relationship, um, medication, and just like working, and then then so. 2018, 2019, end of 2019, I had some friends who were, uh, they, they had put all of their staff and themselves through the coach development course in person. I did like a private mentorship group with them for like a year um, and they owned a gym and they were looking to sell the gym and I'm like, I'll ask around. I'll see if I know anyone that might be looking uh, to buy stuff. You know, do you want to sell the equipment? Do you want to sell the gym as a business? What do you want to do? So I was trying to find people that might be interested in buying this gym. And then I, I, I was just like, maybe I can buy this gym. Like maybe I, uh, so first I was like, I'll buy all your equipment. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. Like, okay, well don't worry about it. You'll find someone else. And I just kept sitting there. It just kept going on. And then Daniel Carpenter messaged me out of the blue and was like, Hey, my, my dream in two years is to open a gym. I'm like, okay, well you can turn it into two months if you want. And so that's when the second gym opened. So, like a lot of people think I've been like you know, scheming for years, trying to build up this master plan of opening all these gyms. Literally, all of it is fluke. <laughs> all of it is accident. I don't. I, you know, people are like, oh, how many gyms next year? Who you? Where are you opening? I don't know. It just happens. Like it's not planned. None of this shit is planned. I feel like I'm so disappointing to give these <laughs> answers, but it's the reality. Like it, it just happened, and then Mackay just happened, and then Brisbane. Stenzel one day was like, you know, I could, I could uh, run a gym. I could open a gym. Uh, you know, I'd be, and I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yes. We had a meeting like three days later and then we decided to open a gym. Wow. Like that's how quick this stuff happened. Um, so yeah, it, it, like it's all been uh, not planned, not premeditated. The rapid growth happened through COVID. So that was an interesting experience. Mm. Um, a big part of it and my advice to anyone in business, know what the government's doing. Know what the government's got on offers for small business owners because we got a lot of help from the government. Um, very different story in Queensland than it was in, you know, New South Wales and Victoria. But uh, a lot of the growth was facilitated by opportunities that we got given because of the Queensland government, what they were doing for small small businesses. So that helped a lot. And uh, like the thing that I'm I'm stunned by in this in in this company or these companies is just like the bigger it gets, the bigger the opportunities. So, you know, w when I bought my first Texas deadlift bar, it was a big thing. Like it was hard to do and it was so expensive. Now it's cheaper for me to buy 20 deadlift bars at a time. Like literally, 
It's mm. it's easier because I've got the buying power. I've got the reason to do it. And the shipping cost is heavily reduced because I can ship it together instead of shipping one bar. So like, you know, the opportunities become huge and then you work out ways to facilitate the growth. So it's like, well, if I'm going to open another gym, it makes more sense to get my equipment manufactured than it does to try and buy a new equipment off a middleman. So we get equipment manufactured. Now we're now manufacturing the monoliths, the bench presses, combo racks is coming next year. All of this is about being like, how can we make the process of opening a gym easier? And then you turn that into a business. Like, okay, well now I can sell monoliths. I can sell benches. Uh, so it's interesting how business itself or zero itself has provided more opportunity for zero to grow. It's weird to think of it mm. like that. Like I could have never done, or I, it would have been almost impossible for me to do that eight years ago with the gym as it was. I didn't have the capital to do it. I didn't know how to do it, but also like the business wouldn't have been able to justify it. Whereas now the business growing facilitates us to make other arms of the business. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm not that smart at business. People think I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so how long's Mackay been around for now? 20? Uh, Mackay was 2021. Was it only last year? Yep. April, April last year. Yeah, shit. Um, I think is the official the official beginning March April mm-hmm. last year. Um, so Southside was Feb one two thousand and twenty. Um, yeah, Mackay twenty one, Brisbane twenty two, Cairns twenty three, Redacted twenty three, <laughs> Redacted again maybe twenty three. Oh, exciting! That's wild. So how did um how did Khan Becker and Dean come into the picture? Uh, the, we we spoke about this on Khan's podcast, so maybe let's oh, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. this is going to be a long yeah. Go watch Khan's podcast because we talk about it there. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's very similar. It was just like Khan mentioned that he wanted to open a gym one day, and I mentioned to Dean because I had a huge powerlifting section up there. I coached heaps of them over the years. I'm just like, you reckon it'd be good for a gym? He's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Let's open a gym. Just message him. Sweet. Unless you want to touch on anything else, Tom, bro, I reckon we get into some of these questions. No, I, I think I'm I, like, I wanted to document the journey. I think up until what I've talked about, you know, the last few years here and the expansion to zero, most people have seen that journey happen, happen on the internet. So I, I don't need to go too far into those things. Yeah. It's getting a bit long as well. No, it's, um, it's good. This is fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm, that's why I'm not saying anything. I'm just <laughs> listening. Yeah. We're all learning so much about yeah. the place right now. We didn't know. Yeah. Um, the first question I'm going to answer, when is the December, January coaching courses? We need to actually film some ads for this as well because I feel like we get lots of these uh, questions every now and again. Yeah, so like I said before, um, I posted this on my story, the answer to that question. That's uh, um, his name. It's not Ophir. It's yep. um, no, no, it's uh, Orif. Yeah, Ofri uh, Kraus. Yeah, Ofri. Ofri is his name. Yeah, he's in Israel. He's jumping on board. Um, I offer you if you listen to this. Uh, the next coach development course kicks off in January. Um, and like I said, like people are always asking zero, very zero gyms. Oh, can I work there? Can I get a job? How do you work at zero? Or like people asking me, how did you do what you did with the gym? All comes back down to the coaching project, uh, product, the systems that we used, uh, the business structure that we use. All of that is taught in the coach development course. If you are thinking you might want to open a zero the uh, sometime in the future, I only talk to people that are doing the zero coach development course about opening gyms. If you are ever thinking about like 
putting your hand up to work at a zero, zero coach development course. That's where where all of this comes from. So jump in, do it. Uh, even if you're not thinking all of that stuff, uh, it's the best thing you'll do for your coaching. Um, a lot of these questions as well, they've kind of already been answered in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it was like, where do you see zero going? Mm. Um, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Uh, those ones are interesting. Like the thought experiment of like, would you change anything in your life? Because there's two generic answers. It's like, yeah, I'd do this and you list off the lessons you've learned or people say, no, I wouldn't because then I wouldn't have learned the lessons the way that I learned them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both are a bit cheesy and cliche. I mean, both make sense. I see why people do them. Um, what what advice would I give my myself 10 years ago? Like if I really wanted to give myself the business advice, I don't think 10 years ago me, like I was 23, I was a kid. I don't think I'd be mature enough to be able to take it on board. I don't think I'd have the, the the financial maturity. I don't think I'd have the emotional intelligence to understand what I was saying, but I'd really encourage myself back then to go get some fucking therapy. <laughs> go talk to someone, mm. uh, figure it out a bit earlier. Uh, but no, seriously, to, to, to never underestimate the value of people. That's great advice. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just going any, through the questions. Any business decisions you would tell yourself to do differently? All of them. What do you? Yeah. No, but I mean, like again, uh, I, I think uh, if I'm to seriously answer that question, like I have to answer that question, it would be to learn about marketing and sales. Like, learn what a target market is. Learn how to talk to your target market. Learn the ways in which you can talk to your target market. Once you do talk to them, how do you sell them into actually buying something off you? Um, learning that whole process and then building a machine around how you can facilitate that would, would be the number one thing. Were there any mindsets that you were in that you had to unlearn and you, you would tell yourself like, don't do that. Like, I don't know. For example, I remember you were saying when you saw zero, that it would never be more than one gym. Mm -hmm. And then now it's so many. Is that like little mindsets like that where you'd be like, Oh, don't, don't like have that, you know, don't think this is just one gym or don't, think bigger than that or i think what i said earlier around like that that identity shift from i'm a gym owner uh, sorry i own a gym to i'm a gym owner and what that means for how you view the finances as part of the gym like the money made by the business belongs to the business and if the business chooses to give it to you well happy days but the business should be you know looking after itself should be looking after its employees yada 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 i think um that would be really important and so um i posted this on a story i think a, a little while ago is that um, having having a uh, having a bigger pie is better than having a bigger slice of a small pie, mm. and, and so that's the mindset that a lot of people go in is that they want more for them and they don't realize that there's now you know four of me sitting on this chair, and there's nineteen of me uh, contributing to zero, and so like if I want my income or my you know my financial situation to grow. If I have 19 people helping me, then it's going to be even b uh, bigger and better. And so like removing that element of greed and just chasing everything for you. Um, for me, what I always think about nowadays is like, if I've got all this money in the bank, what am I doing with it? Like logging on, looking at my bank account and being like, oh yeah, look at me. I've got this much money. I'd rather buy, I'd rather open a new gym or buy another couple of combo racks for here or whatever it is. You know, mm. It looks better to me on the gym floor than it does in the bank account. Um, you're gonna have to actually go through them because I don't know what you wanna. You can't do. read half of them. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them have already been kind of answered as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't go through them all because, like you said, most of them have actually been answered. 
Uh, but let's have a look. Uh, anything you wish? Proudest moment of zero. That, I saw this one come up and I was like, that's so hard. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Because there have been so many times I've been so proud. Like, um, you know, you guys don't see it, but sometimes I stand in the corner and, you know, have a little bit of an emotional moment on things like when, we're, when we've got a barbecue or a community day, when, when everyone's together and, and standing back and seeing, like, this thing is so much bigger than me when for so long, especially when it was a very, like, me as business owner was driven by my lifting. Like, the business relied on me being a lifter, uh, which is how a lot of coaches operate. It's bigger than me. I, I don't. I could quit lifting tomorrow, and zero would keep going, you know, and keep going strong. And so to step back and see like these little communities and friendship groups and all that's that's probably the proudest thing. And I've seen that for like ten years. Being able to step back and see community for ten years, and that's the thing that makes me the proudest. Don't don't even <laughs> think about it. Um, the other one there was, uh, is there any big culture or environmental changes from 2012 to now? I want to ask you this. Mm. Like, you tell me, does it feel different now than it felt when you started five years ago? Um, yes. Yes, it's, it's pretty cool for me. I've seen like, oh, you got to stop licking my knee. <laughs> I've seen a massive uh, shift in the crowd of powerlifting, mm -hmm. especially from when I first started. And um, there were things like, there were things, it's just... I don't know. I think powerlifting is way more friendly sport. I think it's because it's more, it's, it's like with zero, it's commercialized a lot more. Mm -hmm. So more, it's a, more accessible to a lot of people. Our gyms look fucking awesome. We have fucking awesome equipment. So we've got more people. The talent pool's bigger. Everything's bigger and better now. But I think um, one thing I used to hate was, it happens in every gym. So it's not like, I just hated people thinking they were better than someone because they were stronger than someone. Mm. Uh, I feel like we don't get any of that anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying we had a lot of it, but unfortunately there were, it's, you know, a strength for a lot of people, strength sport is very ego driven. Mm. Um, so there was some of that, but man, I reckon this is the best our culture has been in since I've been here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think overall the heart and soul of the culture has always, and the community has always been the same in terms of like, we are inviting, we are welcoming. Um, there's always going to be cracks that show like that. Mm. Um, but watching the evolution of it, is interesting like the weirdest thing and this is weirder weird for me weirder for me than any of you guys but you guys will now experience it especially now that you've all been here a couple of years don't he's about to mm. uh the weirdest thing is the core group like the main the main core group changing mm. you know mm. disappearing mm. it's like when, when the core group's here you're just like they're part of the furniture and your mind just goes, that's how it is, and that's not changing. Stop it. It's, it's never going to change. And then it changes. Mm. And then over time, none of the original core group is there anymore. Like that for me is super weird. Super weird. It's weird to evolve, uh, see that evolve and change over the years. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know really how else to, to put it into words, how it feels, but it's... It's not good. It's not bad. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah it's different. And yeah. um, I've seen it just in a couple of years, but you don't really realize no. straight away until you look back and mm. you're like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. saying that goes with that, which is like the perception of change, is very different to a change of perception. Ooh, it's but funny to um, it's funny to see like, it's cool because like people like Evan Pinnell, who's been here forever, he um, buddy. 
you know, people like Evan Pinnell that's been here forever, like, oh, some people will be like, who's that guy? Um, and I'm like, bro, that's Evan. He's he's a goat. He's yeah. an OG around here. He does what he wants. Yeah. Like, you know, just like, that's just how I say it. You know, mm. like, he's part of the culture. And it's funny, then you hear that funnel through to other people. They'll be like, oh, no, that's Evan. Bro, he's a, he's a veteran. He's an OG. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, I love that. Yeah. That people know that. That, that. That's Evan. Or like, when Andy Davis walks in, that's Andy. Yeah, he's yeah. like OG zero kind of thing, mm, yeah. things like that, which is really cool. But that that should resonate true to you guys because mm. that highlights the power that you have over the culture and community. Mm. You really get to determine uh, what this place is, which is why I love you all so much. Mm. You guys, sell everyone, because you've taken what I originally built with PTC in terms of the culture and community, which again is like one of the proudest things for me. And you just continue to do it so beautifully like that. It's irreplaceable. You want to know what I love? When you see a new member come in and at first they're really quiet and then they watch everyone else like hyping people up and then all of a sudden they become the one who starts the hype. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. We've had um, Sam Lasoni train here from the Gold Coast Titans. He's going to Leeds. And he, him even experiencing the culture in the morning, he's like, bro, this is mean. Mm. Like he's talking about people coming over and spotting and – yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just crazy. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is like, this is what we've created. Yeah. Unreal. Um, I think that's enough. Like, we've been going out for ages. The ones about like, where will I be, where will Zero be in the next 10 years or five years or whatever, um, I, I don't know. Like, hopefully by now you get the, the, the idea that I haven't planned any of this and don't. I, I'm pretty certain there will be more gyms. Um. I'm pretty certain we will have more courses, more education. Uh, I'm pretty certain we will have a stronghold on equipment manufacturing to some degree. That's about it. Uh, I, I'm not actually actively working towards a two-year future. I'm working on what we're working on right now. But, but I mean, like, this is one of the, the superpowers of this mindset of not having a future plan. There's a lot of bad things to it, but one of the good things about it is a lot of people hold themselves back, not just in business, but in a lot of pursuits because they're so fixated on what they think should happen uh, or, or what they think needs to happen. Sorry. They're so fixated on what they want to happen that they missed what should happen. You know, that, mm. that, that I want this goal. I have to achieve this. I have to have this many members. I have to build my online coaching. That they miss opportunities right in front of them uh, that, that will, uh, you know, change the course of their lives for the better because they're so fixated on something else. That's my favourite quote. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Mm. Mm. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I just realised I missed a, a big hater story about Wilkes and the island's powerlifting, but maybe that's a story for another time. What were you going to say? No, no, nothing. Oh, sweet. Um, I think we might leave it there. Like it's... Hour and forty. It's almost two hours long. If, if you've made it to the end, I love you. Thank you so much for giving so much of your time to zero in this extremely long podcast. I wonder if we split this up into two episodes. No, nah, people 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 say they want the they like the long mm. format. Okay, yeah. Yeah. this is a very long format. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Joe Rogan, right? Rogan podcast, yeah. We are you are Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. We good. We good. Definitely not. <laughs> Did anyone watch the Liver King Exposed video? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the video, but I've read about it. More plates, more days. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Anyway. <laughs> oh, just another thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like a wanker saying this. Thomas said 
at the Brisbane, uh, I'm assuming you'll be listening to this. People were gutted that I wasn't there. If you were gutted that I wasn't there, you could message me and we'll link up and we'll train there. We'll all train together. Yeah. We'll get a good, big group of us. There's probably only two people that said it to Thomas. So if you're one of the two people, give me a message. There no, were, said five. There said at least, least five. five. <laughs> but anyone who wants to train and you're in the Brisbane area and you want to train all together, let's do it. Let's organize something. Nice. People will be too scared to message. So don't, <laughs> don't be disappointed if you don't get any messages. That's how, it, how the world goes around. It's the, it's the same as opening a gym. Oh, I'll be there for sure. I'll be the first member to sign up. Are you coming? Oh, sorry, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Do I know you? <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, thank you all. Love you all. That's it. Bye. Hey, thank you, Thomas. You're a fucking legend Thanks, of a Thomas. boss. Thanks for everything you do for us. You don't even seem like a boss, not in a bad way, but you're a leader. <laughs> you're a good leader. You're going to lose sleep over that. <laughs> nah, sweet. All right. That's us. Amazing. Bye. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.